0: Hello, everyone, and welcome on in to EPL in the Heartland. It is time for fixture number five. I'm joined this week, as always, by my good friend Al.
1: Dinner, how are you?
0: Who Can- are you? Can't complain. I survived yet another scratch Toberfest.
1: Ah, uh, another weekend in ord. You know they they're not for the the fan of art.
0: Yeah, you you just. Uh you get to watch some husker some husker football with people that really like their husker football.
1: Yep. It's a truly uniquely nebraskan experience. That's some some tribalism that is probably not rivaled on this side of the pond.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is very very true.
0: Uh we didn't pod last week going into the international break, but um, there was U.S. men's national team games that we will touch on. Um, but we did have our first managerial acts of the season, and it probably wasn't the favorite going on in, into the season.
1: No, but it, it could have been. Just uh, based on the club.
0: So I guess to explain the Watford situation, is there – The owners of Watford own three major teams. They own Watford, Udinese, and Granada, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: So they do this really cool thing where they just move players between the three clubs, like um, Stefan Okaka went from Watford to Udinese, and they kind of do the same thing with managers. So what's the new manager's name?
1: It's, it's the old manager. It
0: is the old manager, but I called him Sancho Flores, and his name is something different.
1: It's Kike Sanchez Flores. There we go. Uh, and In general, I would just say that they operate much more similar to a continental European side when it comes to uh, managerial movement. I think this is their seventh or eighth in the last ten seasons. And, yes, yeah, so with player movement, it it there's often reasons behind the player movement other than what necessarily seems most tactically relevant.
0: And it's not even necessarily that um, Flores did all that well with Wafford. I think his highest finish was 11th,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which might kind of just show you what Wafford's looking for.
1: They're looking for stability. They feel they feel they're in free fall.
0: Which we talked quite a bit it's still early. I mean, they are at the bottom of the table right now, but I was kind of looking at it and this can kind of maybe help us transition to who I don't see another bottom half table team that will fire their manager anytime soon. I feel like this one was really, really early, even if it is, you know, kind of like you said, a free fall situation.
1: Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Newcastle getting the three points against Spurs was is big, but we're at the point of the season where three points, you know. There's three points separating Newcastle in 14th and, you know, Crystal Palace in fourth.
0: Which, very surprising, by the way. I was going to bring up Crystal Palace. I would have put Hodgson at, at probably a, a higher a chance of getting fired sooner, but, uh, you know, he's already one-fourth of the way to keeping him up.
1: Yeah, you, I, I feel like you got to identify those guys who are at mid-table clubs, who've been there a year a while without convincing. Like, I would have thought Pellegrini would have been a decent bet as well if they would have started out really slow.
0: Yeah, he could have been one. Especially, I mean, at this point, who does West Ham go to?
1: No, oh, there's always somebody. But yeah, I mean, you, those promoted teams aren't gonna jump ship right away. Brighton and change managers in the off season. Bournemouth are pretty committed to Eddie Howe. Wolverhampton have three draws. It's hardly like they have been beaten three times, and they're progressed in Europe. So, yeah, you look down there, and it's tough.
0: So maybe not too many managerial changes. Probably until. February, March, maybe, as you kind of start to see where the bottom of the table settles.
1: Uh, we say that now, but all we know is if Nuno loses twice, three times this month, maybe it's him.
0: I think that's an interesting one, too, because I would hope that their man- their, their owners are prepared to handle Europe and the Premier League. Yes. Uh, actually, it was something that uh, pretty cool stat that He had started pretty much the same squad for, it was like 70 to 80 to maybe 90% of the matches last season. And going back two weeks, he started, he made five changes, which is the most he's ever made as manager of Wolves in the game against Everton, and it kind of showed.
1: Yeah, (laughs) they were definitely more open in that game than I, I typically see them, especially on the road. But well,
0: we got to see your boy Adama try.
1: All right. Yes, Oladama, Key of the dribbling and the XG and all the good stuff, but little of the end stuff. Although he did essentially create the first goal when he uh, he just put Lucadinha on his back.
0: Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't ready for what Adama was putting at him.
1: No, he really, he really, really wasn't. <laughs> it was sad yeah um yeah sorry i'm digging digging deep that was so long ago that that game was
0: i know i'm kind of looking at the fixtures i didn't really want to go too in depth because i feel like a lot of these games have probably been heavily talked about anything that kind of stood out for me i mean in terms of fixtures i don't really think so maybe west ham staying hot and i yeah, guess the North I london like... Derby ending 2-2 i don't yeah
1: a fascinating it was a pretty pretty tense and even tie uh, although arsenal did show an ability to really try to chase the game at the end that was a little scary uh, i don't know chelsea dropping points that's not great
0: well that is true started 2-0 i guess i kind of forgot how that game panned out yeah
1: good for yeah, Sheffield, all- yeah exactly I'm, I'm all for those promoted teams getting points I, I want the most amount of teams in that relegation battle possible because that can be the best drama Especially if we're heading towards a two-team title race.
0: Speaking of a two-team title race, uh, Manuel La- is it a Manuel? Amerrick. Laporte. Laporte. Uh Confirmed to be out for quite some time. I think most people are reporting the season, but you never really know what those knee injuries. So City look very, very light. They obviously lost Vincent Company going into the season. You never know what John Stones' hamstrings are going to look like. I think he's questionable for this week. You might be looking at a Kyle Walker Oda Mendy center back pairing this week. How do you feel about that in a title
1: race? You don't feel great about it, Tanner, but you know that they can probably do enough. But it, it, the way that these two teams are playing, it it's not hard to see. You know, maybe it's not Norwich, but maybe it is Norwich if Timu Puki can. Poke two or steal one late and get a draw. That can be massive.
0: And I think when you look at it too, it's not maybe as an important of a position, but they did play almost a whole season with Fabian Delph at left back.
1: That's true, but I I do think that's a little different. But I get what you're saying. Their possession nullifies your your traditional center back concerns,
0: especially with Kyle Walker, even if. You know he does get in trouble. He has the pace to kind of make up for things. Mm-hmm. But when you do look at it, you know probably six or ten games down the road when they do play Liverpool, that will probably be the main talking point. But also, we all know what they're doing in January now. No, I don't. They're gonna go do what they did with Laporte and just go buy a center back in January.
1: Yeah, who do you think it'll be? You you locked in continentally, or you um... think it's gonna be it's gonna be Tyrone Mings? <laughs>
0: No, there was a a Spanish center back that a lot of teams like Arsenal, Everton were linked with this summer that started for Spain over the weekend. Mm. Um, And I could kind of see Pep going that he's has the Laporte build good on the ball. Um, I'll look for his name, but that would be kind of who I would look at. Mm-hmm. I don't think Everton or Arsenal wanted to pay the, the money, so that kind of leaves City. I mean, they're going to have to pay a higher premium, but also they can afford to do it. Maybe yeah. if they can still meet financial fair play.
1: Yeah. Uh, which fixtures for this weekend are you most looking forward to?
0: Week five. I, you know, to be honest, United Leicester on Saturday looks super tasty. I agree. Who would have thought Uh, that a top six game between Tottenham and Palace would be so intriguing?
1: Yeah, I'm not so worried about that one. I'm I'm more locked in Wolves, Chelsea, two teams that could really use wins.
0: Yep, I would have said that one next too.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we're not 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 getting wild. These Brighton, Burnley, can Brighton keep keep getting points?
0: That is going to be an ugly, ugly game.
1: Yeah. If you could and put then, a game uh, on
0: like Cuffs, Brighton-Burnley might be my favorite. Especially a 6.30 game. Then I'm, ex-
1: <laughs> and then I'm excited to see uh, if Everton can get on a little run here on Sunday.
0: You know, we haven't beat Bournemouth at Bournemouth since they've been promoted.
1: It does feel like the wrong tag... Time- and then I just I would Josh King for two goals
0: <laughs> yeah I think last year was the one where Charlison had a phantom headbutt red card
1: so oh uh, yes yeah Charlison red gets hot of course leaves the country flies across the world
0: yes starts for Brazil does what he does mm. and then we're back yeah, with the it, Monday it, it,
1: game uh, well, yeah, I, I don't mind West Ham on a Monday. Give me a little Felipe Anderson. I would like
0: to see old West Ham with the... Because, you know, we always used to joke that Monday games were the best nil-nils ever, and West Ham always used to be a part of those in the Andy Carroll days.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will see. Hopefully it'll be a little better, but, I mean, the whole weekend itself, post-international break, never seems to to feel quite right
0: yeah players a little bit slower
1: yeah or in the case of gio lo celso injured
0: i saw that was that on du- international duty
1: yes I hate to see He it. wasn't fit to uh wasn't fit to start for his club because he wasn't in you know proper condition yet, but he was perfectly fit to fly across the world and play major minutes and now he has a groin injury
0: do you think that's an issue my of like the club not being strong enough? Or do you think it's just the player not listening to what the club tells them?
1: I'm sure it's a little of both. I'm sure there's just like the point where I'm sure a club cannot cross the line as far as telling a player who wants to play for their country, you know, what he can or can't do. Yeah. Hmm yeah, it sucks. In Tottenham's case, as much as I'm disappointed by it because i I want to watch him play major minutes, it does give a little bit of clarity in regards to how their front lines gonna operate, which I can uh, appreciate. Brian I mean, you know that means you're getting more of a a deli or a Christian Eriksen starting in that spot with the pivot behind him.
0: It might also allow you guys too to kind of get settled instead of throwing in him and hoping that he does something.
1: Exactly, which you know, in the case, uh, especially when they have big, big fees, it always you're you're always worried that if they don't settle immediately, you know what could happen. So yeah, he'll he'll definitely have take his time now to get integrated.
0: Trying to think, any Um, other tasty fixtures? I don't.
1: Oh, then Watford at home against Arsenal. New manager, old manager against an Arsenal side who I still feel like even in that draw, people are still thinking it's a little bit different Arsenal side, even though David, David Louise was made out to be the uh, the culprit of their demise. But I mean, he's David Louise. I, I, he, he is a good center back when you're in possession. And at times when you're in having to defend more, he's, he's a bit liable.
0: In that long car ride, this weekend, it was a very good point that your brother made. That he's actually a much better like holding midfielder because he has people behind him for when he does what he does.
1: Yeah, which is just run. You know, <laughs> his, his physicality has never been in question.
0: He just often forgets to track runners.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to have it back, man. Like we were talking about on the last pod about, or maybe it's two two ago, where we were just saying i'm really excited for all these teams i mean all these games i think are are watchable
0: yeah and that might be why i'm like can't call one out that i wouldn't
1: watch like even even brian burnley you know you say you're not into it i'm i want to see if my buddy barnsey can keep up the goal streak i like a lot of i like some of southampton's players I, i don't mind watching them against sheffield and, you know, Norwich, even if they're hosting City and lose 7-1, I mean, I, I know they're going to throw bodies forward.
0: That's going to be a hell of an open game. <laughs>
1: Most likely. But, yeah, did you have any more Premier League thoughts?
0: I don't think so. I didn't think of any other major storylines going into this week.
1: Maybe, maybe the storyline I would touch on is, I mean, is this the worst possible, I mean, not the worst possible, but it's a bad time for an international break, you know? It feels like squads are getting, I mean, especially Everton, like, you're going to put on your best performance of the season and then send, you know, 18 of your professionals all scatter across the world.
0: I don't, it's a weird one for England too, right? Because originally you would have your transfer window and then you would go, so it kind of feel like your team was, it was your team now. Yeah. But now you like have the transfer window, you play three games or four games, and then you go on an international break and then your team, you know, you're like, you're dealing with injuries, you know, like LaSelso's out and out for Everton now. So like you've signed all these players and they're out. So you, you would have liked to have signed other players to kind of maybe replace or help replace. It's they, they could do without this one, but I think it's probably just like a FIFA money-making thing.
1: Oh, 100%. And they got to get these zero qualifiers in, which also haven't been great. But I just, I just, and even, you know, what Serious only had two games, you know, all these leagues, it's like you'd love to see them get six or seven or even, you know, eight games in before you got to break up the entire squads.
0: And I think we literally have another break at the end of October, middle of October.
1: I think you're right. Because then they, they play the finish out the rest of these zero qualifiers. Yep, international <sighs> football. You no, know, it's fun to think about. Often in practice, it's not not quite so great. And I don't even really
0: think the audience is there, other than the actual tournament itself.
1: Mhm. Yep, it's a
0: tough one. Mm. Well, speaking of international football, there was a couple U.S. men's games this week. Uh, the first one, three 0 loss to Mexico. Second one, maybe a little bit better. Um, what did you think of the loss to Mexico first?
1: It's a tough one. I I I kind of taking them more in a macro sense, and that my big take is that I need Greg Berhalter, you know, who seems to be a bit idealistic, which I can appreciate, you know, as far as the way he wants to play. He has to find this happy medium between this idea that he's going to play a progressive style of football with with players who maybe are less technically gifted it's really difficult at the international level where players are never together longer than 10 days i feel like to get the patterns and get get the positioning the way you need it to be to be effective especially with this style of player where we're not you know we don't have a Gio lo celso in midfield who Who can kind of turn and get himself out of trouble, you know, if he needs to, if the pass is late or sloppy, you know, it's tough to ask that of a will trap.
0: I don't think I can agree any more with you. I think the my biggest gripe right now with Berhalter is the fact that he wants to play out of the back with people that aren't technically good enough to do it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a tough one. My other second thing is it's just like. I just feel like our generation, this group, you know, of twenty five to thirty year old guys, they're not good enough. And I just like I would much rather take my lumps with the Pulsage generation.
0: I'm looking at the starting eleven in that game. So he had a, a pretty decent mix, like you said, trap was in there. You had Morales who's kind of been doing well. Is he in Bundesliga two or Bundesliga?
1: I forget I, I i've been i'll be He's honest. on one of those teams that
0: get promoted and relegated
1: pretty frequently okay
0: i think the biggest issue i think a lot of people had with the starting 11 against mexico was there was no sergeant
1: well and i don't know is it is it as much that it's not sergeant or that it is artists you know it might
0: honestly be a 50 50 thing <laughs>
1: It's like a, it's not just like a low blow, it's also like a frying pan across the head.
0: <laughs> he did start our boy Destpan, but at left back instead of right back.
1: Yep. Which, With rumors, rumors swirling that the Desto might be the future right back of the Dutch.
0: And I don't think after that performance on, on Friday night that it might be quite as high of hype as it was before the game when he was touted as the next wonder kid.
1: I still think he did pretty well, all things considered. It's I would argue that maybe, and we'll just see going forward, both at club and country, uh, that Pulisic is a tough player to play behind, especially on the left. He is not going to offer you very much defensive support. And that's not necessarily his fault. Like in the system we have, we want him to be as influential as possible up the field, and that is going to leave that spot exposed unless tactically it is compensated for. And so he did face a lot of one-on-one with very technical wingers.
0: <laughs> and I think that is probably why you saw not this uh, window for international, but the one before that, where you saw Tim Reem start at left back, which always kind of makes me shake my head because he's a center back, but he's left footed, but he's not going to go forward, which is probably why you see him there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then, I mean, even Morales, I think, is often considered more of an offensive minded midfielder. I don't know, and like a 4-2-3-1 system for me, like the left-sided holding, air quote, holding midfielder, if the left back's going to go forward, kind of has to slot in there, and I don't really know if we Mm -hmm. have a midfielder that will do
1: that. Yeah, we. it seems like our best, you know, in general, our our most promising players are all just, they're just a bit too young, and therefore we're left trying to kind of patch together this team of various age groups, and it's just not... Doesn't seem very good right now. And you do also have like Tyler Adams out. Yes, and, and Tyler Adams is going to make a lot of things make a lot more sense wherever he plays.
0: I think he is very good. Yes, him being and, in this team puts it from like this starting eleven. If you put him in, it's like a from a C to a, like a B plus.
1: Yeah, I think there's a there is generally good reasons to get excited about the Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Kristen Pulisic kind of trifecta, both technically and physically, you know?
0: I think your issue is you just have to find players that can consistently play around
1: them. Yes. Yep. And, and we'll see in CONCACAF, I feel like oftentimes like, the nature of the game is that wingers and stuff like that become more peripheral and you you really focus on the spine of your squad. And I do wonder if the U S has enough at center back as currently constructed to be, you know, really sturdy in these games against these teams who are going to be mostly attacking on the counter or sporadically hitting you.
0: I mean, you look at Aaron long was playing in USL, what, two years ago. And now is like, rejected moves I, to West Ham.
1: I still think I'm more of a Miles Robinson than I am a long guy.
0: I hadn't seen anything of Robinson. I don't really pay attention to MLS. So he played what the last like 15 <laughs> minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. The games are going to start to matter here soon. So I will get locked back into this. Uh, we really need to learn how to say his name. Is it Pommy call? Is that how you say it or Pommy call?
0: No idea. We can just call him Paxton. Everyone will know who we're talking about.
1: Yeah, bait little packs, big packs. Everyone's really excited about him kind of playing as that number eight role, you know, as a kind of a midfield shuttler. And that could make a lot of sense for us.
0: I don't I guess your other center back, maybe. And that's kind mm-hmm. of been an issue this whole last World Cup qualifiers. You you never really had a you mean Omar Gonzalez, John Brooks?
1: Yeah, and probably still is Brooks, and we still don't have Timothy Weah in there, and it, it, it's a, probably not even close to what the best the best eleven looks like. But you still don't like to to take a tough loss like that,
0: especially when they go and play Argentina and lose four nil. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe they just didn't play their best players. They did, but I don't know if their best players necessarily
1: cared. Especially Argentina, who's like a national team that consistently underwhelms at such a high rate. And they didn't.
0: Oh, they didn't play. And that's kind of the other thing about Argentina is I often like think of them all high and mighty, and then I see a lot of the players that they play in these games, and I'm like, well, he, I guess he plays in Italy somewhere, and.
1: They, have, they are a, a very unbalanced international side often. When you look at it on paper, it's like, oh, man, how do we get Di Maria, Messi, Aguero, Acardi, Iguain, all into the same side? What?
0: It was actually a really funny conversation I had with a guy in Grand Island at the bar in Kincader, and when he was telling me that Leo Messi is the most overrated player in the world.
1: Really? Yep.
0: He told me that Ronaldo wins tournaments on his own and Messi can't even lead Argentina to a World Cup game.
1: And he did once make a final with something Cristiano Ronaldo's never done in a World Cup.
0: Yeah, I also I also just made the same argument about Argentina. It's like, do they have a midfield or a defense?
1: I don't really think so. Yeah, yeah the, midfield, the midfields that have played for Ronaldo's Portugals have been much more accomplished than I would argue what... Other than Mascherano, who has played in midfield behind Messi,
0: and then if you look at how Portugal was like set up to win that tournament, those defenders are perfect for that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I
1: mean it's an interesting debate, and it will go forever. I, I'm I'm a team Messi guy. I'm I just Samba. find him so breathtaking in full flight as a dribbler. I'll do, that's my constant image of him.
0: Uh, we 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 talked a bit there about the the Mexico game. Did you have any talking points from Uruguay? It was, I mean, it kind of a lot of the European based players left, so it was more MLS based.
1: I I did not see much of it. I saw that our buddy Jordan Morris scored a definition of a trash goal.
0: As Jordan Morris does, put him on the fifty goal list for this year.
1: I like Jordan. I'm excited for Jordan Morris to score a World Cup goal.
0: You know, five years ago, I would have said the same thing. But after he got out of college and put some weight on, you know, things changed. I
1: I still think that he's got super sub capabilities and uh, like the ability to be described by the Guardian as like a ultimately American player. (laughs) I think he just, you know, the
0: knee injury kind of did him, did him in and. I'm also of the opinion that if you want to be good as an American player, you have to go abroad. And so he took the opposite decision. So might be why I'm a little bit more negative towards him.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's a tough one. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily say it's a lack of ambition. He's, he's probably on very good MLS money relatively. Can he be a DP? He was, I, I, I don't know if he can be a DP, but he was on that, uh, you know, Generation Adidas or whatever they call it now. Deal where he he got to sign pretty much straight out of college and go past a draft, so he's probably making six figures immediately. Good on him. Yeah, a- aka the same amount that Eric Lamella will make next week. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm still I haven't quite fully dialed in my usa takes yet but i just i i do worry about the way Pulisic's kind of career and positionally is heading how much i think he can be effective as the captain and the fulcrum of a side being shunted to a side
0: he does especially in the mexico game he was throwing some real tantrums towards the end he was getting real frustrated
1: Yep, and he's he's kind of developing this nasty habit, of and I get, you know, you want to be direct, you want to go be, he'll dribble into cul-de-sacs a little bit, and that leads to giveaways. Giveaways are bad. I mean, they, they happen, obviously, but you don't want to see the ones which lead to counters.
0: Do the qualifiers start next window? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm trying to pull it up. The oh, it's the wonderful nations league on the 11th against Cuba. So, literally three weeks, four weeks from today, they play another international break against Cuba. And then, four days later,
1: (laughs) oh, great! Hopefully, we do a little better.
0: I just hope more people are healthy.
1: Yeah, you want to see what this like. What the good version of the squad's gonna look like, and you want them to start getting some reps. Because I think if you do plug
0: a lot of those injured players in, your yedlin at right back kind of settles that position. Mm-hmm. we I think we've probably had seven different right backs in all of Verhalter's games.
1: Yeah. Do you find a right winger? He played Boyd both both games. I argue that Boyd seems certainly to be in favor. And I I do think that Wea could change that if he can start getting Leo games, you know, and he becomes the third member of a front line with Pulisic and himself and someone else.
0: That's where it really does get fun when you can I think you're so if you go four three three, your midfield Adams McKinney is your is your problem just the holder?
1: Well, I think Adams
0: is the holder. But he wants him to be the box to box.
1: Yeah, but I do. I just think there's enough between McKinney and himself to kind of handle those responsibilities.
0: Yeah, they both do get up and down the pitch. So maybe you play a 10. And then who's your 10? The questions just never end.
1: Yep. Yeah. What else do you want to touch on tonight, T.
0: I don't think i have anything else it can it can be a short pod week a rare one that's what happens after an international break so you don't have any talking points
1: it's true next week we'll be back raring to go
0: we'll have some other random
1: striker to talk about boss he might score hat trick this week
0: that is true. We were looking at the fixtures this week in other leagues. I know this is a, a Premier League podcast, but there are some other tasty fixtures. I think you got Leipzig-Munich. Leipzig, Munich, uh,
1: some other Leipzig ones Spain, I mean, too. a lot of people always talk about Mangelsmann as the future Bayern boss or Germany boss. I don't know if he, if he takes Leipzig to the Bundesliga title. I mean, maybe Leipzig just become the new power.
0: <laughs> I don't think a lot of people would like that.
1: No. Oh, man, you should if, – if anyone doesn't, I mean, I would highly recommend all sorts of football podcasts. But the uh, Football Ramble, I believe – no, not Honextein. I, I think it was Andy Brassel did a good piece on how Leipzig played uh, Union Berlin in their first game of the Bundesliga season, a club who is very traditional, who basically don't even consider RB Leipzig to be a real team. <laughs> and uh, they let them know about that.
0: Berlin beat Dortmund, right? Is that who they beat? Yes, yep,
1: or draw, win or draw, I forget, but but yeah, Bundesliga, awesome, Spain, awesome, Serie A, Serie A shaping up to be quite a race, just because Juventus looked likely to be slow out of the box with Mauricio sorry having, you know, pneumonia, <laughs> not being able to manage and. Them having too many player, too many players on their team because they couldn't sell anyone, and so that now they're leaving players like Emre Can and Mario Mandzukic out of their Champions League squad.
0: That's when you know you have
1: problems. Yes. Oh, one last thing I want to talk about. Uh, have you been following the path of my buddy Troy Parrott, Tottenham, seventeen-year-old Ireland U twenty-one striker? No. It's happening, buddy. He's scoring. For Can you imagine actual Ireland? I'm... No, under twenty-one Ireland. Oh. But we like that. We need the second coming of Robbie Keane.
0: <laughs> Has he already talked about him as his all time favorite player?
1: I've never read any quotes from him. Like because he's seventeen years old and he's probably he's probably, you know, a child.
0: He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page.
1: Nice. But yeah, I think we should leave it there for tonight, Julio.
0: All right, everyone. Enjoy the Premier League games this weekend. We will talk to you next week.
1: Cheers.